I'm now joined by New Orleans Saints special teams coordinator Darren Rizzi. Coach, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Great to be on with you. Uh, first of all, as much as I hate saying this, great win yesterday taking down the Pats 28-13. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, always uh, always a tough place to uh, to play at, always a tough team to coach against. You know, I've been doing that for a bunch of years now when I was with the Dolphins for 10 years. So going up to uh, going up to Gillette and getting a win is obviously never easy, and uh, we were fortunate to get out of there with a win. Uh, t- talk to me about your expectations going into that game, and if you thought you guys would have won by that big of a margin, or did you think it would have been closer? Well, you know, I know from experience, obviously, from playing those guys for for a bunch of years, that uh, you know their their home record is obviously outstanding. You know, we obviously had a game plan with with how we wanted to play the game in, in all three phases, and and we knew that if we could execute that. Uh, we would give ourselves, you know, a great chance. You you never can, you know, predict the score. And obviously, we had a couple of missed field goals and some lost point opportunities. The the Patriots uh, had a pick six against, you know, we had a pick six against them. And so, you never really counting on those plays. I, I did know, and 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 I think we felt as a team that uh, if we played a clean game in all three phases, we would give ourselves a chance. Uh, you know, the Patriots always seem to uh, do a great job. Like I said, at, at home games, whether even when they lose, it always seems to be a, by a close margin. You're, you're rarely you blow that team out up, up at their place. And so we, we really didn't go in with, with the expectation of any type of particular score. We just kind of went in with a game plan, thought, you know, we wanted to play the game a certain way. And, uh, you know, some, some you know, went our way and some, some didn't. But uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, we didn't turn the ball over. Uh, we played solid defense, played solid special teams. Uh, we, we didn't uh, turn the ball over on offense. We were able to convert there. I think one of the big plays or one of the big moments of the game was that last drive. Uh, that we had once they cut it to one score and, and we, we kind of took control of the ball, went down the field and got the Taysom Hill touchdown. I thought that was obviously a, a huge part of the game. And so, um, you know, so again, always good to go up there. And, you know, from the years of experience, it's never, never easy to place to play out between the crowd and the coaching staff and the players. Uh, so, so certainly was a, was a, was a good plane ride home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No absolutely. Um, you know, I, I do have to throw a special congrats out to you and your section of the team, and especially uh, Andrew Dowell when he blocked one of uh, Patriots punters Jake Bailey's punt in the second quarter, which was the first ever punt that he has had blocked in his uh, three-year career. Can you talk about how important special teams plays uh, like these ones are and how they change the game? No question. You know, uh, the two things that come to mind, Harrison, are, are number one, the field position swing, and then obviously the momentum swing. Those are the two things that come to mind when you're talking about big special teams plays. Whether it's a uh, a, a return, a big return, or if it's a you know pinning the team down on a punt or kickoff, or getting a block on a field goal, or getting a block on a punt. You know those are big momentum swings, and they also then change the field position. You know we didn't get uh, we actually didn't get any points out of that blocked punt, but but it, again it swung the momentum, it it swung the field position in our in our uh, favor. Uh, we were able to, you know, get the next possession and get some points. I think we got a, we got an interception on the next uh, on the next series and, and and you know ran it down to inside the uh, ten yard line. So again, from a from a field position standpoint, we were controlling the game for for a big portion of it. And so those plays are big. I mean, I think if you look over the course of of the NFL, uh, you know, the whole the whole history of the NFL, you know, giving yourself a really good chance to win the game if you block a punt. Uh, giving yourself a really good chance to win the game if you don't turn the ball over. And then we, we were able to do those two things. I, I'm going to say that uh, there's probably a, a 90% chance to win the game if you block a punt and don't have any turnovers. And so 
uh, again, a big momentum swing for us. Great play by Andrew Dowell. You know, he's a guy for us down here that uh, has really been putting in a lot of work the last couple of years. He was a practice squad player last year, uh, made the team in training camp, really in the special teams area uh, as a core player. And, and I was really, really happy for him to have success there because here's a guy that's really put the hard work in. And so, uh, you know, listen, it's hard to block a punt against anybody. And, and I'm going to tell you to take it a step further. The Patriots do as good of a job, in my opinion, on special teams as anybody in the NFL. It's always a challenge to play against them. And you're always looking to obviously gain, gain some type of advantage. And we were able to make a play there. So, so hats off to Andrew Dowell for sure. How do you lift um, your kicker's head up after missing field goals like uh, Aldrick Roses did yesterday to get him back on track and gain his confidence back to, you know, essentially make field goals and, you know, extra points later in that game? It's a great question because, you know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of kickers can be fragile with their with their temp- temperament and their personality. And so, you know, Audrick is a t- he's a tough guy, and uh, you try you have to have that one play mentality. Unfortunately, uh, we missed a longer one in '52, and he came back and missed a short one. And the short one's really the one that, you know, we had a little bit of a, a botched deal there. It was you know, I think he kind of hit some ground on, on the on the kick. And so, um, but you know what, a, a kicker is a lot like a cornerback getting beat deep, uh, kind of like a batter in the batter's box. You might strike out one time, got to come back. It's it, it's really a one play mentality, and so. Uh, that's really the mindset you try to have. Um, you know, it, I, a lot of times I liken specialists, I liken punters and kickers to golfers because, you know, it's the same thing. You might have one bad swing, you might hook one or slice one into the woods, but you got to come back and you got to drop, get a good drop and get a good hit back onto the green and keep playing. There's really nothing you can do. You can't go back and you got to learn from it and move forward. And so we were able to do that. I was I was glad to see him come back and make a couple extra points. You know, it's always uh, difficult to kick in that stadium. There's always a little bit of a crosswind coming from underneath the bridge and the, and, and the lighthouse down there and kind of go into the visitor's sideline. So we were aware of that coming in, and, and uh, I thought he had a pretty good pregame. Uh, but unfortunately, we missed those couple. But, uh, you know, hey, it's, right, it's one of those right back on the horse and, and, and next play and kind of have that next play mentality. Or, or if you don't, you know, then you're really, you know, going to struggle for, at that position particularly. Absolutely. And I know, um, you know, your guys in particular and, you know, around the NFL, you know, you have your halftime routine and everything. Uh, the Patriots had a halftime event for Julian Edelman, you know, uh, you know, honoring him and his retirement. Does that throw your guys off at all coming out to warm up for the second half? No, I, I think usually what happens is there's there's at least a part of the field that's open. I think uh, I, I, I walked out there towards the end of the uh, Julian's ceremony there and I kind of peeked out and I saw the I saw the Patriots specials and our guys they were on one end and still getting some kicks in so you know between kicking the net and 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 getting you know a little bit of field space there you know listen if there's a if it's a really lousy day with the wind or a really lousy day with the weather those guys really try to get as many as many swings in as they can just to kind of keep keep fresh but uh, you know I, I think on that particular kick the short kick that we missed it was really much more of a technique thing than than anything else yeah absolutely um, staring away from your game in particular, just for a second, let me get your thoughts about the two crazy plays yesterday in the NFL, one being the 66-yard game-winning field goal by Justin Tucker, and then the 109-yard Jamal Agnew kick return. Unbelievable. You know, it's, it, there, there were two of the first things I heard when, when we got back to the locker room. Obviously, we were, we were celebrating, and, and one of our guys grabbed me and said, hey, did you hear about Tucker? I said, no, and they said he hit a 66-yard field goal, and then I found that it was the last play of the game. I didn't realize that initially it was the last play of the game. And, uh, and then, obviously, you hear about the sequence, 
and uh, you hear about the conversion on a fourth and 19 and then the missed call. It seems like there was a missed call and a delay of game. And so it's like everything went right uh, in that instance. And then, uh, and then to watch the play and hit the ball to hit the crossbar and go over. Yeah. Listen, I played against, I played against Justin many times and uh, I've seen what he can do both live and, and in warmups. Uh, he's, he's one of the more impressive guys. I've seen him make a 70 yard field goal in warmups before. Wow. Um, he's yeah, just an impressive guy. And so, Am I overly surprised that in a dome he made a 66-yarder to win it? I can't say I am because I've, I know he certainly has the capability to do it, but uh, to do it in live action and to, to get the fortunate bounce and, and that sequence of events that led up to it is probably as, as you know, eye-opening as anything. And then, and then the Jamal Agnew play, you know, Jamal returned a regular kickoff return last week at the end of the game, kind of got – unnoticed because of the score of the game, but I think with about five minutes to go in the fourth quarter last week, he returned a kickoff return uh, for a touchdown in the, in the week before his loss. And uh, like I said, it kind of goes unnoticed because, of, you know, they lost and it wasn't really a big deal. But now all of a sudden, at the end of the half, you know, Prater lines up for a 68-yarder. Um, and then a lot, a lot of people said to me, well, are you surprised they tried a 68-yarder? Well, the week before, he hits a 62-yarder. Uh, at the end of the first half, and so and and that ball probably had five to eight yards left on it. He hit a really good kick, so I could see why the Cardinals tried the long field goal. Uh, but it's certainly a play that uh, you know a lot of special teams coaches are, are always prepared for. Those longer field goals at the end of the half or end of the game, you know, if you if you have a good returner, you get him back there, and if it comes up short, uh, you know, the, what Jamal did a great job of is he actually broke a bunch of tackles. I, I got a chance to watch the play, and you know. You know, what people don't realize is when you miss those long field goals, the personnel you have on the field is really not apt to go ahead and cover. You have a long snapper, you have a bunch of old linemen, maybe a couple tight ends, a kicker, a holder. So those guys aren't usually used to going and covering kicks. And so that's why you see uh, some big plays like that. You know, Devin Hester had a couple of those in his career, and, you know, Agnew's certainly a great returner. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, uh, but just goes to show you, you know, we're always preaching to our players about the situations that can come up and, and these come, these things might come up once a year, once every two years, heck once every three years. And uh, you always have to be ready for those situations and, and, and really going back to the Patriots for a second, that's really, you know, our preparation for them coming into the week was, you know, I feel like they're one of the better situational teams in the NFL. And so we were really locked into all that kind of stuff. Cause you never know when it's going to come up, but uh, yeah, two, two wild and crazy plays and special teams. And uh, certainly they were both a big part of those games. Absolutely. Um, let's talk hurricane, uh, hurricane Ida a little bit. It's, it has the, displaced you and your organization for the past four weeks uh, and has kept you guys completely mobile. What has that been like for you in the organization and what has the NFL done to help make things go as smoothly as uh, possible for you guys? Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll take you back for a second. You know, we were we were planning on uh, we were preparing for a, a preseason game against the Cardinals, and it was kind of a weird deal. We were we were out at the walkthrough, uh, you know, the day before the game. The Cardinals were actually in flight. I don't know if most fans realize they were actually in the air um, flying to New Orleans when the NFL decided to postpone the game, and so they got the information mid-flight, and they're actually the flight actually turned around. We were we were in our walkthrough, and uh, Coach Pate brought everybody up and said, "Hey, we just got word the NFL is going to cancel the game, and hey, let's everybody go home and prepare prepare your home, prepare your you know, uh, you know wherever you live to you know for for the uh, for the hurricane coming in, and we're going to kind of go from there." And then the next day, Coach came in and said, "Hey, this is going to be what we're going to be doing. 
uh, we're going to get out of town. Looks like it's going to be really bad. And so, you know, we headed out to Dallas with uh, kind of a last minute uh, deal. And, and uh, you know, it was that it was that week where there was no preseason game. And it was that kind of that quote unquote bye week before the regular season. So we didn't know really what to expect. Uh, we didn't know how bad the hurricane was going to affect the area. And so we went out there maybe with the mindset, hey, we'll be out here for a few few days, maybe maybe a week or so. And then obviously once the hurricane came through and, um, you know, we had obviously the kind of some devastation around the New Orleans area, they made the decision that, you know, to obviously stay out there for a couple of weeks. And so, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a tough situation. You know, you have everybody's – you had some families that traveled with uh, people. You know, my family was fortunate to get out of – get out of town and uh you know i have i have a daughter that works in in texas and so uh, my wife took the kids they went out that way and and went out you know and, and everybody kind of scattered and and diff- did different kinds of things and so um but again not being able to see your families and things like that i know that <clears throat> that was rough on a lot of the players and coaches and and staff and so we practiced at uh, at&t stadium where the cowboys play for for a little bit we practiced at tcu uh, out there in, in good old Fort Worth for a while, and so we were we were we were definitely on a bus a lot. We were definitely in a hotel a lot. Uh, our our team showed a lot of resiliency. I mean, we really had three games in which we had to play quote unquote on the road. The first game of the year was a was technically a home game, but we had to play in Jacksonville. Uh, but you know, you're flying, you're busing there, and then you're flying and busing to Carolina the next week, and then you're flying and busing this week to to, to New, New England, and so that's never easy. And uh, and so to, to to come out of that. Uh, that that three week period with a couple of wins and, and and really credit to our team to our coaches to the organization and to everybody for really you know doing a fantastic job and uh, never easy you know I think people don't realize how much goes into it with the travel and the operations and the equipment and the training room and the video and everything else and so you know you're not it's not like you're taking uh, 12 guys on the road you're, you're taking a whole organization you have 53 players on the team 10 practice squad players plus all the staff and so it's a it's a lot of moving parts and so. I think it's really a credit to the organization that we we, we really did it smoothly. And so uh, we were able to fly back home after the Patriots game. So the last night was the first time a lot of people got to see uh, their families and things like that. And so uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a different feel around here today for sure. Absolutely. Uh, let's take things a step further because they went a step further. Just as you think that things can't get any worse, after your big week one win against the Green Bay Packers 38-3, to your team goes through a huge COVID outbreak, having six coaches, one nutritionist, and one player all test positive and all, and all out of the game against the Panthers for week two. In a situation like this where it really puts a toll on the coaching staff, are some coaches asked to cover other coaches' spots? And after losing week two against the Panthers 26-7, would you say that the struggles on the field were a direct correlation to the lack of coaching staff available on the field during the game? And if so, can you quantify the importance of having the whole coaching staff readily available during the course of a competition? Yeah, you know, there's there's so many different levels that Harrison's a great question. You know, I, I think, you know, we get back uh, from that first game and usually what happens is we, we come in and we test the next day and it was that next day's test uh, where some positive uh, showed up, some positive tests showed up in the staff. And it's a very unique situation because we're not, home we're not it, people aren't in their in their homes and where they live and we're in, all in a hotel together and so that kind of was uh that kind of was a little extra added uh you know flying the ointment if you will and so um you know some guys had to quarantine and then we had a, a bunch of people had a test for a bunch of days in a row and then a couple more uh, staff members tested positive and so hey listen um everybody's dealing with this league-wide now uh, you look league-wide and there's there's guys there's uh, teams with 
with staff and players on the COVID list. Uh, it's an unfortunate uh, dilemma right now. It's going around, uh, obviously, our entire country, and it has affected the NFL no differently. And so, uh, fortunately, all those all those staff members and everybody were vaccinated, um, and it, it just it just created a unique situation. You mentioned about. Uh, a lot of the staff having to, to cover for one another. Um, you know, I, I, we have a bunch of years of experience on the staff, and so uh, I, I thought we did a really good job of uh, of kind of Coach Payton did a phenomenal job of kind of leading the ship in that in that area and, and, and delegating different things. Uh, it definitely created a unique situation. It's it's not something you're used to. We were a little bit light uh, on game day. Uh, hey, listen, we're not going to make excuses. I, I'm not going to say that's the reason we lost the game. We had some players out with injury. We had some players out. Um, you know, for different reasons. We had some staff out, you know, for COVID. But at the end of the day, we just didn't really play a very good game that day. We, we you know, we turned the ball over. We didn't, you know, we didn't play great in every phase. And so uh, it just, it, it was what it was. I thought the Panthers played better that day, so give them credit. Um, at the same time, I thought we did a great job of bouncing back the following week. Uh, this past week, we got a couple of coaches back and, and, and back at it. And so we didn't, we weren't, we weren't at full capacity. We weren't at 100% all week. Uh, we got a couple of guys back late in the week. But it definitely uh, is something that uh, you have to prepare for, unfortunately, these last couple of years. You know, we had a game last year, ironically enough, against the Panthers where we, we, we had a bunch of players uh, that weren't able to play in the game at the last minute. We found out on Friday and Saturday and had to, had to COVID replace about five or six guys. And so, you know, it, it's something we have been through in the past, and it's something we got to be prepared for in the future. And uh, it, just, it just really goes to show up, whether it's coaches, staff, or players, it's really that next man up mentality, and everyone's got to be ready to go. Absolutely. I have two questions left for you. Um, one, what has it been like to work with head coach Sean Payton, who is one of the best head coaches in the NFL? And, you know, going back a year, what was it like having one of the best quarterbacks, uh, Drew Brees, around the locker room every day as well? You know what, I'll start with Drew. Uh, the, the whole thing with Drew is, was a great experience, you know, being with him for, for a couple of years. You know, obviously I'd always admired him from afar, um, and always was, was, you know, I just had a great deal of respect for him as a player and then getting to know him as a person, watching him every day, watch his work ethic, watch his preparation. You know, it, it's really after being around him for a couple of years, it's no surprise that he's going to be a you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, just watching him on a daily basis, uh, just the way he prepared for every single game, uh, how much time and effort he put into it, uh, his, the way he practiced, his work ethic, his off the field, his on the field, his, his communication with the players, Really was like just having a, a, another coach out there and, and just a, a phenomenal leader, phenomenal person, and uh, I can't say enough about him as a as both a player and a person. And it was just a joy to be around him and, and a great experience for me. As far as go, working with Coach Payton goes, uh, another guy that I had always admired from afar and had a great deal of respect for, uh, obviously within the profession. Uh, I watched him and, and, and kind of grew grow when he was a Giants coach and a Cowboys coach. I kind of grew up a Giants fan. I'm a guy that's from North Jersey. And so I'd always admired his work with the Giants and then, and with Dallas. And then obviously when he got the head coaching job here in New Orleans and I followed for a long time and uh, really just a, a pleasure and an honor for me, uh, you know, when he reached out and uh, they had a position open here and they hired me. And so it's, it's been great. It's been, uh, I've learned a lot in the couple of years I've been here with him. Uh, you know, obviously I'm the special teams coordinator. We put a, a major emphasis here in New Orleans on the special teams and the kicking game, something he's always done. And so that was a big part of the reason I chose to come here to New Orleans. And, 
hasn't disappointed at all. Uh, he's a great situational coach. I think he does a great job with the team, great motivational uh, leader. And so, again, once you get in here and once you start to learn the system and once you figure out what the way we're doing things, it's really not a surprise uh, to me at all uh, to see why this organization has had a ton of success under Coach Payton because, again, I think just the way he runs the organization, uh, the way he deals with the players, the way he deals with the staff, the way he manages game day, uh, it's just really, really remarkable. And, uh, again, uh, just an honor for me to, to, to be a part of this organization. All right, uh, final question for you is if you were to give one piece of advice to a college, high school, or even middle school student, uh, or even younger, that wants to become a coach or a player when they grow up, what would you tell them? You know what? It's interesting. I have a son uh, who's actually a freshman at the University of Texas in Austin. He walked on and, and he thinks he wants to coach someday. And I have a daughter uh, who is at Penn State and she works uh, as a student assistant with the women's basketball team. And so I, I have experience with this firsthand. <laughs> yeah. And I have a daughter who's not a, not a coach, but she actually works uh, for the Texas A&M football team. And so we got a little sports going on in my family. And so definitely. Uh, li- listen, I'll, I'll I'll share the same advice that I share with my own kids. You know, number one, you got to be humble. Uh, you got to go in with a and kind of be like a sponge uh, when you're a young you know when you're a young aspiring coach because there's so much to learn and uh, you know you have to go in with an open mind I think I think a lot of times you, you got to com- you can't come in and think you know everything already you got to learn and absorb as much as you can um, you got to be humble you got to be one of the, you got to have, have the attitude of, of no job is too small you got to be willing to do anything and and, and there's nothing that replaces good old fashioned work ethic. You know, no one has the magic answer uh, in these professions, no matter what sport it is, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, doesn't matter what it is. No one has the magic answer. And, and, and really, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's something to be said for the person that's willing to grind and to willing to, to work and willing to put the hours in because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's the age old adage that hard work's going to pay off. And, uh, you know, I'm a guy that, that came through, uh, maybe the hard way, if you will. I, I worked in college for 16 years. I coached at a bunch of different levels there in New England. I coached at uh, the University of New Haven. I coached at Northeastern when they had football. I coached at the University of Rhode Island. I coached at Rutgers University. Uh, I coached at Colgate University. And so a bunch of schools there in the Northeast and uh, and, and kind of came up and, and really just had that mentality that no one was going to outwork me uh, when I was in college. No one was going to out-recruit me. I wasn't going to get outworked. And, uh, and just learn along the way, and you're going to learn from your mistakes. No one's going to be perfect in this profession. And so uh, you've got to stay humble, you've got to stay hungry, and you've got to put the time in. And, and I really believe if you do that, uh, you know, good, you know, good things are going to happen for you, and, and, and it'll pay off for you in the long run. And, uh, listen, I've been fortunate myself. Now I've been in the NFL for just my 13th season. And so that hasn't changed for me. I'm 29 years into coaching, and, and, and I still try to keep that same mentality that uh, – you know, no one's ever got it. No one's ever has the magic answer, and, and, and hard work's going to pay off. And so that, that would be the advice I would give a young coach today. That's awesome. All righty, special teams coordinator Darren Rizzi of the New Orleans Saints, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh, to sit down with me. I really appreciate it, and uh, good luck with the rest of the season. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Harrison. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.